Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. I hope that you are doing well and ready to jump into some very interesting stories this week. As always, if you are interested in reading any of them yourselves, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find a written version of the Roundup with links to all of these articles. So let's go to our first story of the week, Mental Health Research Lacks Intersectionality. A new study led by UT Huang found that research on mental health interventions for sexual minorities often fails to consider intersectionality. That means the unique issues that are facing people of color with other minority identities. So in this case, we're talking about gay, lesbian, queer folks of color. While about 70% of available research included identities beyond just sexual orientation and recruitment, which is definitely a good start to having a study that looks at intersectionality, only 16.3% of studies adequately considered the effects of intersectionality on queer mental health. So in other words, they may have had a, a sample that had diverse sexual minorities, so it had people of color in the mix, but they didn't really delve into what the differences were between um, white LGB folks and people of color. So this definitely points to a huge need in the research um, and something that I think that we, we all kind of know is lacking, but always very interesting to see a study such as this actually break it down and show what the exact gaps are. Next up, time to queer the census. The Orange County Register reported on local and national efforts to quote-unquote queer the census, basically trying to make sure that LGBT folks are counted in the census, which is happening uh, now and, you know, only happens every 10 years. So this is a big deal. Local LGBT centers and national groups are working to try to get LGBT folks to complete the census because trillions of dollars in federal funds are at stake. The funds get distributed based on where people live, so if LGBT people don't complete the census, then their regions aren't going to receive the funds that they need for things like HIV services, housing, and other issues that are really important to the community. While sexual orientation and gender identity are still not asked in the census, so unfortunately we don't get useful data about our community out of the census in that sense, the census does now inquire about same-sex couples. So there is a little bit of, um, of you know, a data collection element to this too that's also of interest to the community. In any case, if you haven't already taken the census, you can just Google how to do so and make sure that you complete that. You can also search for Queer the Census and you'll find a lot of resources specific to LGBT folks on why this is so important. And our next story, Affirmation Matters in Brazil. A study of transgender and non-binary Brazilian youth led by Ana Vietzes Fontanari found that taking multiple steps towards having their gender affirmed, whether those are social, legal, and or medical steps, was associated with youth having less anxiety, fewer symptoms of depression, more pride in their identity, and a greater sense of social acceptance. In other words, those who had taken more steps towards kind of having their gender recognized were just doing overall better in life in terms of their, their mental health and their happiness. The researchers say that this proves that gender-affirming processes should be made easier to access since there is this direct correlation between those processes occurring and people's mental health. Next up, trans health secretary mocked and defended. 
Penn Live reported on recent transphobic attacks made against Pennsylvania's Secretary of Health, Rachel Levine, who is in the midst of leading that state's efforts to combat COVID-19. Secretary Levine happens to be a trans woman and has been credited by many for doing a great job uh, in the crisis and, you know, being a really strong figure in Pennsylvania and nationally in how to respond to the pandemic. And yet she is taking flack because of her gender identity, was quickly stood up for by the governor and a lot of other elected officials who rightly said that that behavior is completely uh, inappropriate. And really, shouldn't we be letting our health secretary focus on uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and not having to defend her gender identity? But anyway, um, definitely a a very um, inspiring figure, you know, someone that I think uh, it's really exciting to see leading in in this pandemic and someone who I'm sure has the support of the whole uh, LGBT community around the country and in Pennsylvania behind her cheering her on. And in fact, one of the articles even, even discusses a fan club. So that's something to look into. Now our next story, HIV medication supplies decline. The Journal of the American Metal Association reported on research finding that one-third of the world's countries already have low stocks of HIV medications due to the COVID-19 pandemic, with more likely to follow. There have been delays in actually producing the medications, as well as issues with global shipping routes, and of course challenges with patients getting the prescription once it's in the health center or the pharmacy or, or wherever they need to get it from. So all of those things are just kind of combining to make a perfect storm um, for difficulty in accessing HIV medications. And of course this is particularly true in, in low-income countries, which are already facing uh, disproportionate rates of the HIV virus. And finally for this week, understanding and addressing internalized homophobia. Health explored the concept of internalized homophobia in which social stigma and bias give sexual minorities a negative perception of themselves. Experts say that may make queer folks outright reject their identities or postpone coming out or otherwise impact their mental health. Even if they've generally accepted their identity, they may not be um, happy with it or, or they may have lingering um, issues around self-doubt and negativity and that kind of thing. They also advise that those experience internalized homophobia don't blame themselves for this and instead begin to talk through their feelings because that's one of the main ways of trying to resolve this. Well, that wraps up another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. And as I said at the beginning, if you'd like to follow up with any of these stories yourself, you can find them all at blog.lgbthealthlink.org. I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and tune in next week for another edition of the Roundup.